For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional cyber savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. Hello, it is Thursday, September 19th, 2019. We are so thankful you chose to listen to us today. We're coming to you live from a box truck in New Orleans, NOLA, the Bayou. Is it hot? No, it actually feels good, but this conversation is smoking! Matt Hasselbeck joins us in the box truck, and we talk about everything that is happening in the world. It's almost like he's a guest host with his fat, fantastic brain. We talk about Barry Sanders, talk about Charlie Batch, talk about Eli Manning, Daniel Jones, you name it, anything that's relevant in the NFL, Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, Brett Favre, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. I mean, get ready. The conversation is about to be an electric one. Too many people using the word electric, by the way, nowadays need a new one. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening at home, please tweet me your replacement for the word electric because I either use it too much or the rest of the world is starting to use it too much. I need something new. This show is presented by the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. The moon. <clears throat> and the moon. See, even Matt Hasselbeck knows that if you're going to buy tickets on the moon or right here on planet Earth, you use SeatGeek. Because SeatGeek scans all the other ticket-buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best tickets for the best prices available. They go ahead and snoop around for those comedy tickets, theater tickets, play tickets, sports tickets, you name it, music. They got tickets for everything. And they're looking at the other platforms to make sure their tickets are better priced than them. Right now, use promo code PAT and get $10 off your first order. Wow. 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 Ten bucks, you said? Mm-hmm. I said ten wow. bucks. <laughs> Use promo code MAC if you get $20 off your first order. Wow. A little self-awareness, please. If you're rich like Matt Hasselbeck, go and use promo code PAT and get $10 off. If you're not rich yet, use MAC if you get $20 off your first order because we need both of those promo codes to continue to go. We appreciate you so much for listening. We're about to get some good stuff into your ears. Thanks for letting us penetrate those today. Let's get to it. He Wants the Ball is one of the best graphics we've ever put on our show. <laughs> Matt Hasselbeck, He Wants the Ball. And I'll say this, I'll say this. Normally there's a full conversation about what we put up there. A lot of research goes into what goes on those graphics. He Wants the Ball was 100% an audible by Zito all by himself. And I, I started laughing when it popped up on a That's screen. a good manager. You know, you let your you get let your guys spread their wings, you know? <laughs> That's right. Zito I thought it was very wing. creative. Actually, you just apologized to me for it. You are like, oh, sorry about that. You know, that was all Zito. And I was like... No, I thought it was creative. But I started to tell you the story, and you cut me off because you wanted me to say it on air, I'm assuming. Yes, that is 100%. That's a content like that was business. Never, that was never really a big thing. Like That happened in 2003, our first playoff game, wild card game, our first ever in Seattle. Um, after the game, I don't think anyone even asked me about it. Like It wasn't like even Did, in the locker room. It wasn't a thing. That's why I retired, by the way. I knew these media reporters they were terrible. Job. Well, no, I'm just saying it wasn't like... I think people heard it, but it wasn't like, you know, people at home heard it. People at the stadium may have heard it, but it wasn't necessarily something we talked a lot about. But anyway, it wasn't that big of a deal until like maybe, you know, obviously until we played them again the next year. But it really wasn't even that big of a deal until I went to work at ESPN after I was done playing. And we made it a sports center. Sorry, we made it a Sunday NFL countdown like promo. 
and now I get it like all the time. But who who do I get it from? I get it from like thirteen year olds, fourteen year olds, yeah. fifteen year olds, like the kids that play Yo, Madden all day. Do you long. know how lit that comment is <laughs> at the time? You're in the playoffs. So much drip to say what you said no, right I there. I get it. I get it. But it's just Such sort a of swaggy. Funny how it came like this is the part about it. I feel kind of bad. I was talking trash to Ryan Longwell, the kicker. Yeah, like that's who I was talking. Yeah, tell him to, to eat it, bro. He was like my guy. I was his holder in Green Bay. But that's why you said it to him. I mean, I said far worse in that game and other games. So it's just kind of hilarious. <laughs> but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. And no, me, I listen. Let me, I, let me tell you why I like it. Okay, it is the microcosm that is Matt Hasselbeck. By the way, you're a starting quarterback. You're a captain. You're in the playoffs. You're all these things, right? And then you're able to have a good time in a moment that is pressure-packed going into overtime, and it's a little bit of a shit talk. I think it is literally everything yeah, that is Matt Hasselbeck. It's a lot. <laughs> a lot of shit talk, which is awesome. Not a lot of people would do that, and I, to be honest, I think the game's missing more people like that. Well, uh, the funny thing is we had played Green Bay earlier that year, and uh, the coaches were like, hey, you're going back and playing your old team. You're playing your old friends. You know, keep your emotions in check. Like, you're kind of a hothead anyway. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yes, sir. Okay, yes, sir. And uh, I played boring. Like, I played like a robot. I didn't play. I didn't like everything. Like, I was not a great college player. I get drafted to the Green Bay Packers, and I sit there. Andy Reid's my quarterback's coach. And he says, listen, you have potential, but you need to cut it loose. You need to, like, learn how to lead i want you to watch everything that brett Favre does not his mechanics not his decision making not his fundamentals he doesn't even know what a fucking nickel defense is Don't <laughs> None watch of that. That. he was like that he's not that <laughs> he said but he's really special another way like he his energy is contagious how much fun he has on the field is contagious and so like i don't know for three years i just was you know every minute of every day basically was watching him just have fun and compete and so i go back to green bay earlier that year i don't do that I play like a robot, we lose, boring game, and I actually graded out well. So we get an opportunity, we didn't think we were gonna be in the playoffs, we happened to be in the playoffs. I think Josh McCown, I could be wrong about this, but I think Josh McCown had like some heroic two minute drive to win a game somewhere in Arizona against the, the Same Josh McCown that's on the Eagles same right now? Same Josh McCown. Hey, he can dunk too, he's like nasty. <laughs> he's a nasty athlete. So he's got he's this He's old, thing. huh? I didn't know he's that old. Yeah, he's, he's in his 18th year, okay, so anyway. We're, we're not we're just happy to be there we are just happy to be there and the second time in i'm like you know what i learned when i was in green bay what did i learn i learned have fun cut it loose leave everything out on the field just play like you did growing up in the backyard or at recess have fun man like so what no one's expecting us to win let's go do it let's believe in ourselves have fun and that was kind of the mindset that i went into it with and shockingly shockingly we're still tied when the game ends. And 60 minutes, tie ball game. We're still in this thing. Unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. Yeah, it is unbelievable. So yeah. I like what you did. I love it. I like that I don't, it's I don't, I don't too. regret it at all. The thing I regret is understanding, you know, we had, they had blitzed. I think I told you guys this. Mm. They had blitzed, timeout, blah, and the rest is history. So Yeah, but somebody got, knew what you were doing, right? You're upset about the football side of yeah, it. Yeah, didn't somebody know yeah, what you were doing? I mean, somebody on the defense side of the ball that, knew what you were doing. But even that, so that's 2003. We'd never been to the playoffs. We get there. I get there. I learned from that in a big, big way. And then the next year, we're in the playoffs. I think we lose to the Rams on the last second play. I throw a pass, uh, kind of throw it too hard. My guy, Bobby Ingram, you know, it's too much for him. And we lose there. Those two losses helped us in Seattle continue, like, to climb to take it to the next level. 
you know, so I think we went to the playoffs like five five years in a row, six years in a row, something like that. No big deal. What but it was year? because of that early one. What was the year after that? Oh five, we went to the Super Bowl that year. Diggs. And we lost. Diggs the Super is such Bowl. an asshole. He's the <laughs> diehard Steelers fan. That that is just him I being. Still blame uh, it on, if I were you, I'd blame it on Jeremy Stevens. No, I don't. I don't at all. I don't at all. He said he would fight Joey Porter in a dark alley. Shouldn't have done that. Let me say this about the Super Bowl. You go for two weeks of media. So, like, NFL season, you know, you go for, you know, seven days till your next game. You get, like, you're a creature of habit. Like, you're ready, like, it's like Pavlov's dog. Like, mm. you're just ready you to play the game. hear the bell, slobber, treat comes. See, you are smart. Okay? <laughs> you are smart. All this, I've never read a book talk. I haven't, but some, some lady told that to me whenever I we was a kid. We know Pavlov's, and we know the Pythagorean theorem. So. Yeah, ain't no problem with A, a squared, squared, B squared, B squared equals C squared. Equals, there you go. Hey, come on, dog. So anyway, two what weeks of up? media. Hey, must come down. <laughs> Sir Isaac Newton. I got him all day, Sir man. Sir Isaac Newton. Hey, listen to what E equals MC squared. I, I mean, Who ain't said no... it? Huh? Isn't it funny when someone says something stupid, you say, okay, Einstein. Yeah, which is interesting because a lot of things have come out about Einstein. Maybe not the guy we should look up to. Oh, really? Is that true? Well, that's what the uh, internet was trying to say there for a little that right, Ty? I mean, yeah. I th- yep, that's pretty spot on. Uh, apparently, Einstein was a real piece of shit. <laughs> What we do where we come from is we just we just memorize a few things from each subject and then just rattle those off. It makes us sound. It makes hey, it sound like a very. Can I tell you? Very st- smart. Yeah. yeah, we do that. Yeah, maybe I already told you that story. I won't tell you that story. Oh, I would like to hear it again. Yeah, because I, I, certain names set you off. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Say the name. Yeah, because you're you're like the kind of guy that like you're super fun to hang out with. Everything's fun. Then you say like a certain name. And boom, bad mood. No, it's 2019. We're past a lot we of things. I'm past a lot of things. So I lose the Super Bowl to the Steelers. Okay. Right? Kind of upset about it, right? Randall Eldahine's You know, game. we had a great year. We felt like we were the best team in football. We didn't play that well on Super Bowl Sunday, so we lose. Happens. So then that Sunday, so Wednesday, I think, we're in Hawaii for the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl used to be after the Super Bowl. It used to be in Hawaii. It used to be and good. There's five of us on the Seahawks at the Pro Bowl. And we're angry. We're literally, like, legitimately mad mm-hmm. every day. We don't even want to be there. And we're in Hawaii. Well, we're on the beach. My kids are playing with some other kids. And, like, they're having, like, the best time ever. And, like, oh, wow, you know, what? what's your name? Oh, you know, what, what team are you on? Steelers. Oh, it was like a kick in the stomach. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, you know, why don't you guys go down further on the beach? Like, go play football <laughs> or something or whatever. So, like, as a parent, when you have little kids, like, if someone plays with your kids, you're just like, oh, thank you. Like, it's a little breather. Now it's an iPad. Back then it was other children. Yeah, well, you're right. And, uh, and if there's other people who are single, sorry, if there's other people who are adults that don't have kids, like, they got the energy for, like, everything. Like, for, like, an hour of playtime. That just gives you, like, a chance to catch your breath, and, like, then you're a better parent because you're running zone defense on your children at all times. Exactly. So there's this player. <laughs> there's this player, and I think his wife, and they are playing touch football with, like, my kids, the other Seahawk kids, other kids, too. They're, like, the best, like, babysitters, if you will, like, of all people. time. And it's Troy Palomalu. So, like, I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, trying to be upset, no, trying go. not to like this. Everything thing. I said about 2019. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> I mean, why? I don't know why you had to do that. Literally. I was just saying, it was upsetting for me that he was such an amazing guy. His wife's yeah. this amazing girl. Yeah. It was like, man, so everybody I, says. I, I want to be so <laughs> mad right now, but, like, I don't know. These guys are great. It was a tough game to watch, to be honest. Yeah, it was. It was a tough story to hear, too. You all right? <laughs> I mean, 
I, I thought you were going to say another couple names, maybe, that you know of people that I used to dislike in my past. Now I meditate. I don't know if anybody's known that. I, watch, I got an app that tells me how to meditate. Really? Bill Burr talked about it in his special, yeah. and I figured if Bill Burr can do it, I could probably do it. I've yet to get to the meditated state yet, but I've attempted to a couple of times. Does that make sense? I'm past a lot of things. Well, I can cheer that, you up. I am not past. I will cheer you up. How happy were you yesterday when you saw the making of that shirt? Hey, I was pretty pumped up now. Green Some- Wave Football. I think it's at Green Wave FB. Is that right? Yep. We're calling the University of Houston versus Tulane football game tonight. TNF on ESPN. Hashtag that thing. Send in your questions, your thoughts. Let's just get it to trend. That'd be a lot of fun. That'd be good for both Hasselbeck and I and the student human athletes at Tulane and <laughs> University of Houston. But what I love is that was unsolicited. Like, they just yeah. did that on their own. So, so we go into a production meeting today. Okay, we're on campus. We show up, and I kid you not, it's like every five to ten steps, someone is stopping Pat. Mr. McAfee. I'm like, what? Is, is Tim here? Like, <laughs> Mr. McAfee, can I get my picture taken with you, Mr. McAfee? I'm a big fan, Mr. McAfee. Uh, this one guy, this was kind of bad. This one guy's like, oh, Mr. McAfee, you know, can I get my picture taken with you? Sure, man, you're going to go to the game tomorrow? I was like, I'm starting in the game tomorrow. Yeah, it's a starting safety. It's a starting safety. Turns out number 36, (laughs) big fan, starting safety. Hey, I asked the D coordinator about him, too. He says he's a leader out there. He's smart. Uh, He's going to protect him in coverages. I mean, he he was – I learned a lot about the kid. That's the helmet's fault. And LeBron trying to take that away with the glass helmets and – yeah, I couldn't see you, the kid's face. I've been watching film like. all week. You guys have been seeing me. Yeah. Have I not been watching oh, yeah. Tulane and Houston if he film? Right. Tulane. Was it very obvious that I was watching film too in those meetings? Today? It was. You did were good. But but in all seriousness, everywhere we went, it was like, you know, cool Pat, Pat. It's really been a good thing. So unsolicited, they came up with those Green Wave Tulane for the brand and uh, T-shirts. It was cool. It was a good thing. Yeah, we got the whole group. So. Great hosts. They were great hosts. They've got a good social media person, too. The, uh, the her name's, her name is Katie, and she's active on there, and mm-hmm. she is good. And the coach, uh, Coach... Um, Willie Fritz. Yep, Coach Fritz. He is very uh, pro-social media, too. <laughs> you got to love that. I do. He's like this old guy, older gentleman. He's been around the block everywhere. He's coached everywhere. And he... he he's, you know, started from the bottom. Now he's up at the top, right? By the way, Hasselbeck asked him with a straight face... He was like, uh, do you feel like, you know, uh, I talked to you one time. You started from the bottom, now you're here. And I was like, <laughs> Matt Hasselbeck. I did, but I didn't he didn't do it, do it in rhythm. He didn't do it in rhythm. It was like, you started from the bottom, now you're here. And all the, all the people <laughs> under the age of 35, all the people under the age of 35 in the room were dying laughing. And everybody else is like, what is so funny? I was so intrigued to hear this answer from this older head coach. And uh, he was great, though. He pawned off on something else. He's a super humble guy. He said he likes to turn pro around, which is interesting to me. Have you ever thought about coaching? Uh, thought about it, yeah. Thought about it. And would you have his mindset? He said he doesn't know what he would do if he went to a school that was a 10-win school. He said he likes turning Well, they do that with around. CEOs sometimes. Like, someone's a CEO of a startup, and then they take it to where they can get it to, and then somebody else comes in and, like, hey, I'm a CEO to take you public. Or I'm a C-, you know, like, it's kind of like that. He is, sounds like he's that kind of a f- head coach. Like, I want to take a program that is underperforming and make it perform. And it was interesting, like, as a recruiter, he was legitimate. Like, he was almost like he was recruiting us. He's like, listen, we have students from all 50 states here. 78 countries. 78 different countries are represented. I mean, he was selling the school. He's like, listen, who comes here? Doctors and lawyers. Basically, doctors and lawyers. We got transfers from Brown and UVA and Columbia and, you know, all these places. 
it was uh, it was a really impressive sell job. If I was a high school senior quarterback and with a brain, me, <laughs> with a brain, and he gave me you gotta that, have a brain to get into Tulane. That's yeah, what I learned today. I'd be Never like, known that. dang man. We interrupt this incredible conversation to tell you that Elysium Health is the most exciting health company today. It was founded by Dr. Leonard Garante. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to buckle up for this one. Oh boy, what is this? I have no idea. To be honest, it's one of the more exciting health things happening. Do you know that for you real? You said it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Ready? We interrupt this incredible conversation to let you know that Elysium Health is the most exciting health company today. Founded by Dr. Leonard Garante, director of Glenn Center for Biology of Aging Research at MIT. Ever heard of it? Oh yeah, sure Got have. Cars. They do count cards. They also take care of you. Who has made some of the most important discoveries about why we age? Hmm. translates breakthrough scientific advancements in aging research into health products you can buy right from their website. Nice. Their flagship supplement is Basis. Basis, the first and only dietary supplement based on 25 years of research in the science of aging. It works by giving you more NAD and activating what scientists call our longevity genes. NAD plus levels decline in our bodies by as much as 50% by middle age. Matt, you should listen to this. We need NAD plus for mitochondrial function, uh -uh, how we make energy, Powerhouse of the cell. for our DNA repair system, for regulating our sleep and wake cycles, and much, much more. By raising your NAD plus levels and activating our longevity genes, Basis changes the way you age at the cellular level. Need proof? Elysium also conducted a clinical trial on Basis. The study shows that taking the recommended dose of two capsules of Basis every day increases your NAD plus levels by an average of 40%. Oh! Wow. Nothing to sneeze at. That, hey, 40% NAD plus levels getting, getting lifted? Nothing to sneeze at. Ha! Two! Not at that! Mm-mm. Elysium also takes quality seriously. Basis is tested for quality and purity by third-party labs, including NSF International. Ever heard of them? Yeah. So you know you're getting what's on the label. What should you expect when taking Basis? You know, it's working in your cells because of their scientific research. Many of the benefits of increased NAD plus are things you won't feel, like enhanced mitochondrial function, active longevity genes, and improved DNA repair. But Basis customers also report experiencing higher energy. Mm. You want that? Yes. Yeah. You want some better sleep, huh? Oh. Yeah. How about it? And more satisfying workouts. Ever heard of it? <laughs> Not me. Well, now you will with our <laughs> friends at Elysium Health and their supplement basis. Stress that is <laughs> stress that this is a scientific breakthrough. All right. I think you did about This is a scientific <laughs> breakthrough. <laughs> it is, isn't it, Dix? Yeah. This is a scientific breakthrough. <laughs> breakthrough. <laughs> this is a science Easy say Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> This is a scientific breakthrough. What are you waiting for? This week, listeners can get $45 off. Whoa. This week, listeners can get $45 off a six-month or one-year subscription to Basis by visiting trybasis.com forward slash McAfee and using the promo code McAfee. That's T-R-Y-B-A-S-I-S dot com forward slash M-C-A-F-E-E and use the code McAfee. That's a full month of free Basis and a great deal on a ground breaking supplement that'll boost your NAD plus levels. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to dive into this stuff. You should. I'm not a middle age yet, but I'm going to die young, well, so I'm probably past it, actually. I can't wait to dive into this basis from Elysium Health. Trybasis.com forward slash McAfee. Got a little wordy in there. think I handled it pretty well. Back to the show. I think, Tul- I think Tulane thought about thinking about potentially maybe offering me. And then they dug into the GPA thing, and we're like, this kid doesn't try. <laughs> He's not going to make it in New Orleans. This kid's got a really high SAT score and a little bit lower GPA. Let's assume his work ethic at school is not great. <laughs> <laughs> toot, toot. That was like a weird flex. That was, was just a way for you to say you had a high SAT uh, score. And a high Wonderlick, if anybody ever wants to talk. <laughs> <laughs> toot, toot. Um, Matt, would you ever coach? I'd consider it. You know, I I always said I would never do that. And just being on some of these college campuses, uh, I actually did like a day in the life of Doug Peterson last year and then this year. Went down. Doug Peterson's an old teammate of mine, former teammate of mine. He was in that backup. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild. He's a 75 year old head coach. (laughs) He's a former teammate of mine. So when I was in Green Bay, Brett Favre's the starter, Andy Reid's the quarterback's coach. And those guys would like talk to each other. The rest of us, just like we're allowed to be in the room. Who is it? You, Doug Peterson? So me, Doug Peterson, and Rick Meyer from Notre Dame. Mm. Holy Which hell. Which was awkward because I think I had like a Sports Illustrated cover of Rick Meyer in my bedroom hanging <laughs> up when I was growing up. Not awkward. Pretty cool. I but, had that at Vinatieri. Okay, yeah. So anyway, so they were great. They're great guys. Super awesome to me. And Doug is super successful, obviously, as a head football coach in the NFL now. So I went down like, hey, man, I'm just curious like what it's really like. I know what, I know what a player thinks of, you know, the schedule is for a, for a coach. I'm sure fans think that coaches just show up on Sunday and call a game, but like, it's a lot of work. Like yeah, these guys, are a dumb. lot of them have a couch in their office. Diggs, they sleep in it. Diggs is a fan. He's dumb. That's not what I thought. 18 hour <laughs> days. I know what it is. So yeah. So it's really intriguing. <laughs> I, I think, uh, I think it's really fun. It's competitive, but, uh, but we'll see. Would you, would you do the college level or would you only coach at the NFL level? I don't know too much about the college game. Like, I'm learning. I'm getting back into it. Didn't mean – me and Matt have talked about this, and it might be more talking – me talking in these conversations than Matt. Whenever we got this college football gig, I had no knowledge of college football. I, I didn't know shit. Reggie Bush, really good. Matt Liner, really good. Vince Young, uh, good you, for him, what he did down there. He watched the national championship. From 15 years ago. Yeah, like, I knew everything from like 15 years ago. So whenever I went into this college football seminar – Yep. They had this, uh, we had this quiz thing. There was like a targeting. Is this targeting? Is this rule uh, 913 or rule 914? No, 913 (laughs) dot dot two. There was like two (laughs) options. It's like, I don't know, man. Looks like that kid could be paralyzed. That seems like that should probably be a penalty if I had to guess. Throw the flag. But learning this college football world has been very interesting, Matt. I think you've done a really good job. And nobody really knows this. It's a remote operation which means everything's on a delay. So the screen in front of us is on a, like a four to seven second delay. Mm. Sometimes Matt is asked. Don't give away the secret. <laughs> sometimes Matt is asked to recap something. And if Matt doesn't remember it, play for play, <laughs> it's not popping up on the screen for another seven seconds. So he has to speak about it before it even comes up. So you hear Matt sometimes, like the first game, he really gave it a go. And I was like, this is wild. You're even trying this. I, li- I literally was standing in a booth like, what are you doing right now? This last Last game, though, you waited for the thing to kind of catch up, and then you did it, which I'm assuming at home they're like, somebody tell the kid to talk. But for you, (laughs) it was something that had to help you out a lot. It is a tough role for you. You were in a tough role because people expect you to know a lot about football. Me, not so much. But No, that's not true. You keep saying that. You know a lot about football. I agree. I had a front row seat to a lot of great things. I saw a lot of good stuff, but I don't think people that are watching are like, you know what? 
I want to hear Pat break down the X's and O's of this offense right here. They don't want to hear that, no, but that, from you. Yeah, but that's not – like, you would do this almost almost to a fault. Like, we'd be playing a game. We'd be playing well, or usually it's when we weren't playing well, when we were teammates. <laughs> you would come over and you'd be like, hey, what the heck? Like, hey, I'm punting like every other – hey, go no huddle. You guys <laughs> – no huddle always works. Why aren't you going no huddle? I'm like, listen, I don't know why you're yelling at me. Hey. Then he starts yelling at the quarterback coach, go no huddle. You guys are so much better at no huddle. Hey. Sometimes it's better to have like just kind of the 35,000-foot view of things, hey. which you're good at. Hey, what are we doing? When it, when we were going no huddle, boys, it was just boom, 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 almost at a field goal opportunity. Whenever you guys are doing whatever this shit is, we're punting from backed up every time. <laughs> I mean, maybe we just try that out, boys. You know, and I will always try to be positive at the end. Yeah. And maybe we just try that out, boys. (laughs) At the end. It's like, hey, no offense, but this offense is terrible. (laughs) And then I'll just walk away, by the way. I'll just walk away. I couldn't even fathom the conversation that's happening between, like, the super football minds. Like, uh, that's not how it works. Hey, in in all seriousness, though, if you were to go in an NFL locker room and ask a lot of different people, okay, why do you see this style of punt in the NFL, which is like the traditional Reggie Roby, Ray Guy type punt? And then why Reggie in college do you see guys sprint out to the right, sprint out to the left? I'm ambidextrous. I've got 30-year-old punters. Why are they all 30? Why are they all from Australia? Why do they have that stupid formation where you get all the guys on the line of scrimmage and then like three personal protector upbacks uh-huh. where every punt's like, <gasps> like it looks like yeah. it's going to get blocked and then it's not blocked. Like, I don't think people at home, all of them, know all of those rules, why it's different in college than it is in pros. Never mind the fact that you can, like, you know, downing it inside the five, the rules are different also. Hey, it would be pretty cool to be able to break that down, but uh, we go right to a commercial break. (laughs) (laughs) We're changing that. We're changing that. (laughs) No, I think our crew is a cool one. Yeah. We got a guy named Boiler who does the... Tennis. Yeah, he does tennis. U.S. Open. I think he did Wimbledon, Wimbledon too, and now he's doing Thursday night football with us. He's a good dude, uh, good guy. They they want us to do stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we've got to. Can we tell them we're going to try something new in the open? Yeah, I'm I'm out of the booth. I'm down on the field. Really? We're going to try open. it. Do you have a mobile? Well, we met the strength coach. We met the strength and conditioning coach for Tulane, and he is something. Lightning rod. Of he looks <laughs> like a strength and conditioning coach. Yoked up, strong as an ox. Very very. Let me see, how do I say this? When it comes to the, the squat, yeah. he is a stickler yeah. for form, technique, and getting depth. Mm-hmm. If you put your squat on YouTube mm-hmm. and you're not at a 90 degree. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's basically what he said. That's basically what he said. He, he said it, it, that kid squats 540, true 542, not the YouTube half squat 540 that you would see. And it's like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, that seems like a sensitive subject right there. So, you know, college college guys run out you know they usually have the head coach the strength coach flags mascots all that a lot of energy uh, smoke fireworks fires not like the the tennessee titans yeah, that was awesome <laughs> by the way. yeah but so don't get burned but you're going to be down there for that to kick it off yeah i think i'm gonna be right next to it while they're doing that you're gonna run out with them no no i'm not running I, the only place i'm running is up to the booth afterwards I, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna be breaking this is so this is the big question we have a little bet going you pat you don't know about this uh it's a secret so don't tell anybody but um we don't know if you can get from the field, Can't. which is down down low, <laughs> all the way up to the skybox because nope, it's all, like mostly stairs. Listen to this. In th- I think it's three minutes you have. The first person to talk to me about this thing uh, was our guy Jason. 
He was like, hey, we're thinking about doing it right here. I was like, oh, that's cool. It's really come out. Yeah. And then he pointed at an elevator that was right behind him. He's like, you'll get in this elevator. We'll go right up to the booth. You'll be good. I was like, sounds good. Then we go into the cafeteria to eat. Okay, we have good food. Thank yeah. you. Thankful to the Tulane. Yeah. Uh, we ate with the in the athlete dining hall today. It was very good food. It was. It was very good food. They even had like a little slab of meat there that they cut. It was okay. good. It's called a carving station. Amen. So <laughs> everybody leaves. I had to go pee. I'm, I'm a, everybody knows I'm a, I'm a pee. Water. Yeah, you By the pee way, a lot. I do. Yeah, I drink a lot. I okay. drink a lot of water. The um, You're not allowed to say take a leak on radio, by the way. We learned uh, that today. You are not, yeah. How's that even? Take a leak? I can't say take a leak. Anyway, so I go and take a leak after... You can't say that. Well, this is a podcast. But you guys <laughs> left. Everybody left except for the one kid from uh, Tulane. He sat... Tulane. Tulane. Like Tulane Highway. Yep. So I went and peed. <laughs> I came out. That kid's there. And I walk out. And there's three guys in front of us. And they're like, oh, Pat, big fan. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. Nice to talk to you or whatever. And uh, they go, this is the guy that's going to be in charge of your on-field shoot tomorrow. You're doing an on-field shoot tomorrow? I was like, yeah, absolutely, I think. And, and I just heard about this, like, probably right before lunch. So I didn't even realize. I was like, yeah, it's going to be fun. He was like, all right, bub, this is going to be fun. Now, you're shooting it there. And the fastest way to get you up there is you're going to have to run to the other end of the field <laughs> to get up an elevator to be able to go up because this elevator doesn't go up there. And uh, I was like, I'm so glad I bet on, I bet on no chance. I was, I was like, what did you just say? He was like, yeah, the best bet now, uh, this is just me thinking out loud here. We, we're going to have to see when people get in here. But if you're right there, you're going to have to run all the way down to the other side because that's the only elevator that gets to the top. I was like, I was told this elevator, well, that elevator doesn't get to where you need to go. And I was like, well, what the, am I going to make it over there? He was like, I told him it was going to be quite a stretch. And then <laughs> whenever we got on the field for the picture, they were like, uh, another option is you run up this stadium uh, steps, basically, in, in and get to the booth, the through the crowd <laughs> to get to the booth. So who knows where we're going? I think I'm going through the crowd. Listen, here's no. the thing. There's I think I'm going through the crowd. That, What's the that temperature? doubles it's, the time. I just, I just looked at the temperature. It's only going to be 94. 94 in New Orleans humidity. But here's the best thing. Even if you make it up for kickoff. Full jorts, by the way. Well, that's good. That'll help. That'll help. No, sweat. What, what, what kind of shoes? I'll have athletic shoes on. Okay, so even if you get up there, are you going to be, A, out of breath? Yes. Sweating? Yes. <laughs> Go through them all. Uncomfortable? <laughs> yeah. Unhappy? Probably. Miserable? 10-4. Red? Bright red? Pink. Ah, oh, no, I'm going to be bright red at that point. I won't be able to breathe. And then I got a shirt that buttons up at the top. It's a little tight. I'm going to be strangling myself while running. It's going to be a bad situation. But, hey, Thursday Night Football on ESPN. Uh, Must-see TV. Tulane. Good football team. Tulane. 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 I think you're saying it wrong. Okay. Uh, maybe I am. <laughs> Am I saying it wrong? No, I'm probably saying it wrong. I think you're both saying it the same exact way. Okay. <laughs> Tulane. Tulane. Yeah, it sounds about We're the good. same. Uh, We're you know what I've noticed a lot of? What's that? I feel like I'm learning slowly that the amount of success that you have had your entire life has not been talked about enough. And I'm learning that strictly from all the shit. You hear that, Vito? <laughs> <laughs> the heck with you. That <laughs> yeah, Vito. He wants the ball. He wants it. <laughs> I do. But, like, Tom Coughlin recruited you to Boston College. You were going to go to UCLA. I tricked mean, me. I it, committed to UCLA and uh, Tom Coughlin. I don't know if I've ever told, you, ever told you this story, but Tom Coughlin was recruiting me to Boston College. And I, my dad finished with the New York Giants. Tom Coughlin was a coach Football on Giants. the New York Giants. And he called, <laughs> you know, right after the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. 
And I said, well, coach, you know, my dad said there's a good chance that you're going to be the next head coach of the New York Giants. I don't want to come to BC because I heard you're going to leave and go to the Giants. I'm going to UCLA. You said that to Tom Coughlin? Said that to Tom Coughlin. As a high schooler. Yeah, and I was nervous to say it. He's an intimidating guy. Great guy, but intimidating guy. And he said, he he looked me in the eye. He goes, look at me in the eyes. I promise you, I will not leave BC to go be the head coach of the New York Giants. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give you a word. Six months later, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're a recruit, be very, don't, sorry, don't be so specific with the coaches that when you're asking those questions. Sam, my lady, she says I abuse the English language because like I'll talk about a movie. I'll be like, yeah, I watched that movie. And Sam's like, you saw three minutes of that movie Mm -hmm. and then he fell asleep. But technically I did watch the movie. Tom Coughlin did not lie to you. No, he didn't. He did not lie to yep. you because Tom Coughlin is not a guy that lies. You better show up 15 minutes before that meeting starts, too, or Tom Coughlin will kick you to fuck five, out of the Five minutes early. It's called Coughlin time. It's a real thing. Before Michael Strahan, I had roommates. I had his walk-on roommate, okay? His name's Charlie Smith from Baltimore, Maryland. Tom Coughlin comes in. We're playing, like, Miami Hurricanes, somebody like that. He goes, all right, everybody, close your eyes. I'm going to give a speech. <laughs> and it was the most amazing speech. A visual, visualization. The title of the speech was called Take Dead Aim. It was so amazing. There are signs when he was coaching there all around the building to take dead aim. So he like, you know, okay, open your eyes, whatever. Well, this guy, this walk-on, Charlie Smith, never opens his eyes. Now, Tom Coughlin's like the most intimidating person of all time. And so he goes off and he's talking about Miami. We're playing, you know, Ray Lewis, middle linebacker, six foot three, 235, 4440, going through the scouting report. And he goes, <gasps> Charlie Smith, open your eyes. And though immediately we thought this dude was he's like, get out. And it's just like legendary. Like to this to this day. This guy, Charlie Smith, he's like in finance somewhere. He's got like a big time job doing something. You just walk by the guy and you're like, hey, take dead aim. It's like <laughs> Tom Coughlin, he's still like, everyone's still afraid of him. I'm still afraid of the speech. Tom Coughlin just shipped Jalen Ramsey uh, well, I don't know if he just did. He's about to. I don't think it'll happen. Okay, well, this leads the to a trade. bigger conversation. Tom Coughlin, there's no way he can be standing for him and Doug Marone potentially fighting on the sideline. But how do you feel about athletes utilizing their leverage, trying to get out of places they don't like to go? Other yeah, places? I hear people talking about like the NFL is going to go do what the NBA has been doing. Like, yeah. hey, I'm going to force my way out. Have we already forgotten what happened to the Philadelphia Eagles? What was it, 2011? What what they call themselves? Like it was like Nandi Asimov. Oh, Remember the Dream Team. On, yeah. What is it? They call themselves the Dream Team. The Dream Team. And it was an epic <laughs> fail. Vince Young said it. Vince Young said it. It was in Philly. What? It doesn't work. Football is different. Awesome Football is different. That was wild. He was very, really, really, really good. And then he got to Philly and was really, really, really I bad. couldn't even guess who Namdi Awesome was. He's right one now. of the best cover corners to ever play. He played in Oakland when Al Davis basically made it mandatory that you're going to play man, bump and run, cover one, Lester Hayes, Mike Haynes style defense. Oh, I remember Namdi. He, he was, married an actress or something. Yeah, Kerry Washington. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do remember him. So he's an amazing man coverage corner but what happens when you play man all the time you probably don't play zone a lot you don't want to tackle there's there's other stuff so he goes to philly and they were running kind of like aggressive zone blitz schemes they philly was really underachieved that year Mm -hmm. like they were terrible that year when they really everyone thought they were just going to walk through the super bowl so again i would just say like patriots don't lead the league in pro bowlers usually the opposite yet you know 
they're on their way to the seventh Super Bowl. No, I mean they picked up Steph Curry. You know? I mean that's <laughs> picked up Kevin Durant. And we'll see if that we'll see if that ends up being a good thing or a bad thing for them. Right now, it's looking like it's probably a good thing, but we'll see. Oh, I don't know. Right now, at this current moment, it looks like it's potentially a bad thing, strictly because of the more and more stuff that's coming out, right? Yeah. And Robert Kraft saying if he would have known any of it, he wouldn't have done it. But with this Jalen Ramsey stuff, yeah, there's only a couple places, right, where lockdown corners. That's what he is, right? He's a man-to-man guy. That's what everybody's saying. Yeah, he's a great corner. He's tall. He's got length. He uh, the probably here's the other thing that's going on with him though is he's going to be a. He's trying to get paid at the end of the season. Brink struck to training camp. Exactly. So that, that's got to factor into it a little bit, too. But everybody's saying he's going to Andy Reid's Tom. I have seen that on the internet. Yeah, the internet, internet is saying with conviction. Oh. Right? With conviction. Correct, yes. Going to Andy Reid's Tom. I've seen the other Andy Reid's Tom, too. Philly? Yeah, I've, I've seen that one floated around, too. Which, you know, I would just say, just from a breakdown spot, okay, Philly runs a lot of blitzes with man coverage. Kansas City, when they blitz, it's more zone coverage. So take that for what you want it to be. And Jalen Ramsey can. And he did play with Doug Peterson. Is Matt Hasselbeck breaking news yet again, like the Eli to the Jets news he broke on the radio show? (laughs) Is he breaking more news that Jalen is going to the Eagles? We will find out in the coming hours here in the United States of America. Is that accurate? I think he's going to stay in Jacksonville. There's no way. I think it, I think they work it out. How awkward is that, though? That's awkward. That's yeah. like uh, But, th- you know, listen, you saw some fights on sidelines. It happens. Like I agree. You know? It does happen. Like, but give me an example. Can you think of one? I saw Peyton fight a couple people on the sidelines. I mean, take that's a good one. Peyton and Jeff Saturday. Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday, two of the best friends, center quarterback. They, you know, they, they, they're linked. They have had fights on the sideline where it's just like legitimately almost come to blows. People separate you, and then it's all good. Like four days later, like you're moving on. Yeah, but Peyton and Jeff had a lot of success together. Doug Marone, Jalen Ramsey don't appear to be on the path of success unless webcam star Gardner Minshew (laughs) is an absolute animal, which I think he is potentially. Do you like him as a quarterback? I do. I really do. Um, I like his swag, Mm -hmm. man. Junior college national champion. Amen. Um, Take that, Jason Brown. Leading passer <laughs> in all of college football last year. Amen. Mike Leach, the mascot rant is one of the most epic. Put that in right now, Ty. Come out of it. Bang. That is absolutely epic. Let's get back to and just the mustache, the headband, all of it. It's a, you know, he's got intangibles. He's got, he's got a, a pill battle. You can't teach those. Kind of no. battle. I, but I, I mean, also, hold on. You're saying like uh, that's like when people describe me as he's a uh, he's a uh, loose cannon. He's a, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because you just talked about everything else he had swagger wise, what he did in the past. But he's uphill battle. You're kind of giving him like a yeah. I like. Well, him. they're off to a slow start. They're off to a slow start. Their best player on defense is having a lot of drama with the head coach. He wants out of town. Like he's got to he's got to steady that ship. One thing that could help him, Nick Foles, amazing human being, one of the best in the world. Uh, Hopefully, after his surgery, he can kind of come back and maybe lead the locker room while Gardner kind of leads on the field. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe. You don't think he's a leader off the field, huh? I'm just thinking it's a big job, and he's a rookie and all this stuff. Okay. We interrupt this conversation for a reading by Zito. Thank you, Pat. Get as many massages, do as many stretches. 
and take as many ice baths as you want. Ooh, that sounds good, Zito. If you're not getting a good night's sleep, you're not recovering properly. That's what they say. That's what they it? did say. You know this kid can't read, Matt. <laughs> That's what this is. He, he, we have literally watched him evolve into an average reader from a terrible reader over the last five months of ad reads. So I'm eighth grade level now. You are. You're almost it's as It's fair to say he wants to read. our friends at cbdmd a trusted leader in the cbd industry Mm -hmm. understand the importance of sleep (laughs) everything's uh, everything's like he's discovering gold (laughs) you know what i mean every sentence that he gets to the end of it's like thank god we got here (laughs) him and his brain are just having a full celebration like good for us gang the let's first see if, Don. Let's see. <laughs> Move the change, Z. Move the change. Which is why they have a product specifically made for rest and relaxation mm-hmm. that is a perfect complement to their full site of other CBD products. Mm. That other that that offer long-lasting, high-quality relief throughout the day. Yeah. Bullet point one. CBD. <laughs> My stool needs some CBD. Still done. Yes, <laughs> CBD PMs, specially formulated tincture that combines oh geez melatonin and other sleep prompting her herbs with CBD, which can help your oh geez it's back. Circadian. Nope. Circadian. Circadian. Did you have that? Yo, you knew that, Joey? Joey knew You knew that word, Joey? (laughs) Wow. Circadian rhythm. Zeno, you got a guy looking over your shoulders just with smarty pants. (laughs) (laughs) Also means sleep cycle. They could have just put that in there instead of circadian. Yeah, they could have just made it easy for you. Get back on track, allowing you to get high-quality sleep consistently. Take 30 minutes before bedtime. (laughs) Bullet point two. CBD gummies. Oh, my God. This is never going to end. <laughs> There's only one more. Okay. All right. Um, Are you saying the bullet points after you say the words? What do you mean? Like you said that entire thing. Was that bullet point two or was that? That was bullet point one. I'm, I just hit bullet point two. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I'm just hitting bullet point two. Oh, you're just getting started on two. Yeah. And there's three of them? Yes. All right. We can skip the gummies if you want. They're good for you. Okay. We'll, we'll go back to them. Delicious CBD-infused gummies that come in 30 cot. Of four mixed flavors, tropical, mixed berry, strawberry, and orange. Take about an hour before bed to, to help you relax and unwind. Bullet point three. CBD oil tinctures. Similar to CBD PM, without the melatonin and other herbs, tinctures are the most versatile. Good. Uh. <laughs> So there's a, there is a guy who's good friends with Hasselbeck, who I'm trying to become good friends with, literally staring over Zito's shoulder during this read. And he's one of the most intelligent humans I've ever met. So he has to just be itching to get out of here listening to this. It has to be one of the most uncomfortable things. I'm bringing his IQ level down right normally, normally Zito looks at you after he reads a sentence. He's looking up at him now to see if it's right. Oh, where did I leave off? Oh, no. Oh, no. Do you remember where I left off? Yeah, bullet point three. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're just going to skip that bullet point. Uh, whether you're recovering from a hard day or a long night or a tough workout, CBDMD is a dedicated to keeping you at the top of your game. Adding tinctures, gummies, and CBD PM to your regular routine 
is the best way to sleep naturally. Wake refreshed and take advantage of all of the CBDMD has to offer. Uh, not really much of a call to action here, but promo code is McAfee for 20% off. Hey, way to go. That baby Z. That a baby Z. We did it together. Let's get back to the convo. We're about to get <laughs> some good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Speaking of another rookie, Daniel Jones just filled yeah. in for Eli. It was officially official. Officially official. Talk to Charlie Batch. Uh, earlier today, you'll hear that entire conversation. Charlie Batch, class of 98. That's my draft class. That's the, the, the draft clip. Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf, Charlie Batch, myself, Brian Greasy. I usually describe that draft class as picks 1, 2, and 187. <laughs> uh, Manning, Leaf, and me, obviously. Sorry, Charlie Batch, you were saying. Uh, Charlie Batch said he was in a very similar situation with the Detroit Lions. Some guy named Scott. Scott O'Donnell. Scott O'Donnell, who I never heard of before, but I guess he was the quarterback. Scott Mitchell. Scott Mitchell. Same Scott difference. Mitchell. Same difference. Guys, Scott Mitchell. You, were, you, guys were, you guys were confusing Neil O'Donnell and Scott Mitchell. Bingo. No, no, we won't, we won't no, no, we know Neil O'Donnell. He's a guy who threw interceptions on purpose. And Neil, Neil O'Donnell's just throwing a game away on purpose. He's getting paid under a car. So uh, Scott Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, so Scott Mitchell was the quarterback in Detroit throwing back shoulder fades to Herman Moore out of University of Virginia, and uh, he got paid. Scott Mitchell was Dan Marino's backup, and in comes out of nowhere. I think he was like a third-round pick, Charlie Batch. Yeah. And he came in as a rookie, because I was in Green Bay at the time, fourth-string quarterback with the Packers, and this rookie in our draft class out of Central Michigan. Eastern. Eastern, Eastern Michigan. Close. Got drafted ahead of, of uh, Brian Greasy from Michigan. Oh. Who played in the Rose Bowl against Ryan Leaf. And everyone's like, who's Charlie Batch? Charlie Batch played outstanding. He said whenever he got the gig in the week three, because or was it the week three they got hurt? Week three, yeah. yeah. I think it was the same exact situation as Daniel Jones is currently in. He said the best thing that the Giants could possibly do is tell him he doesn't have to look over his shoulder that anytime he struggles, Eli Manning's potentially coming back in. He said if he could potentially just be freed of that worry, it would be much better off for Daniel Jones and everybody. Because he said whenever he was playing, they told him it was his job. Hey, it's your yeah. job. Go for it. Do what you got to do. Yeah. If Daniel Jones starts to struggle and the Boo Birds come out again at MetLife Stadium, he said it could become a problem if he thinks if Eli Manning goes back in. They said this has to be a decision that's final, final, has to be it. Do you agree with that? Yeah, well, it makes a lot of sense, and I, I trust Charlie Batch's opinion. He's a, a really bright guy. I would say this, a similarity in that because Scott Mitchell fumbled a bunch week one at, against Green Bay at Green Bay, part of what started the process of, this, of, of him maybe losing his job. On that team, they had a great running back in Barry Sanders. And on this New York Giants team, they have a great running back in Saquon Barkley. So if you're going to run the thing through the running back, if you're going to run the offense through the running back, it's not the worst thing ever to have a quarterback that's maybe more mobile that can be like naked bootlegs. Is just, he mobile, Daniel? He's a good runner. You'd I be see, shocked. He's I didn't know runner. that. We, yeah. we, we mentioned it earlier. We said he had to be... More than Eli. And then someone actually tweeted me who was listening to the show and said he ran for 200 yards in a game last year against someone in college. By the way, I did not know that. If we, I had known that and didn't just completely <laughs> stereotype his ass for being a white guy from Duke, <laughs> I think I would have been more on board with the draft. But I think if you know Saquon Barkley's going to be the guy, that defense stinks. That defense is bad. So they're going to have to try to keep that defense off the field as much as possible, which is drain the clock, which is how you do it. How do you do it, Matt? Yeah. Keep run, the, run the ball. You run the ball. Stay on the field. 
So if they're going to run the ball anyways with Saquon, and you've got a guy who's an athlete, and the future is what we're looking towards, it makes sense that they're benching Eli at this point. It's just like, will Eli and the Manningites be able to settle the score with this? It's and handle just, it? Honestly, it's just too bad that they waited till week three. I think, from my perspective, waited. I think Eli deserved better. Like, they should have given Eli a proper goodbye. Like, week three of the season is not a proper transition. Darius Butler said if they would have just had Daniel Jones start the season, Eli Manning would have ended his career with a, a winning record. They let him lose these so that he would not have <laughs> a winning record. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember? <laughs> hey, do you remember maybe two years ago when Jacksonville's defense was amazing? Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. They were amazing. And, and Leonard Fournette was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Blake Bortles was struggling. And they were an AFC championship team. Mm-hmm. That was the year. That was the time right before Halloween, right before the trade deadline. They should have traded Eli Manning to Tom Coughlin. No one in the world loves mm-hmm. Eli Manning like Tom Coughlin does. Like Tom Coughlin, if you say, hey. You think look- Tom Coughlin would have looked Eli Manning in the eye? And said, I promise you. (laughs) (laughs) No, he he likes Eli Manning a lot more than he likes me. But that would have been the opportunity to send him off in style. Hey, we're going to – the Giants were awful that year. We're going to – and he was getting crushed. We're going to send you to a Super Bowl contender. The Giants are already out. You guys look forward to the next year's draft. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Giants fans, go root for Jacksonville. Half of New York, when they get old anyway, what do they do? They move to Florida. It's no big deal. That's what they should have done. Snowbirds. And while they did it, the day they did it, they should have like put up like a bronze statue of Eli right outside the stadium. You think he gets a statue? Two Super Bowls. Come on. Yes, for sure. Nick Foles has a statue. Listen, I'm Philly. all about the Mannings getting statues, okay? I like the Manning family. Uh, one of the Mannings took care of me pretty well. Peyton Manning has a statue. That's what I'm saying. I'm all about the Mannings getting statues. But I think... It's going to take a little bit to get Eli's. It, this is much like the thing. I'm saying you should, you could have, should have done it then. Now this is all. Can't do a statue now. I'm disappointed with how this went down. <laughs> Can't do a statue right <laughs> Can't. now. Can't do a statue right now. It's going to have to be a few years before he gets a statue. I don't know what to do right now. It's a mess. If you wait 10 years, everyone forgets about it. Then you. Can That's what I'm saying. You do it. In, you do it later. Time heals all wounds, especially time heals all. Uh, it's just awkward right now. Play a highlight That's reel, all. Super Bowls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like whenever a player comes back to a team that. The team literally just cut them and kicked them out of the door, but then they run the highlight package and thank them for it. Like, that's, you know, it feels like it's a good moment. Something like that's going to have to happen with Eli. Like, is there a ring of honor over there? Probably, I'd assume. I I think that'll be what, if five years down the road, three years down the road, he gets on ring of honor, they do a statue thing. Thank you, we thank you. Sorry about how this all fucking ended. (laughs) It's kind of bad. I think that is how it'll all work out. Personally, that's what I think. I, I think personally, like, and the fans will probably blame it mostly on Gettleman. And Ownership, probably, yeah, yeah, and won't hold it against Eli. I don't. Th- I actually don't really blame anybody. This is mm. uh, uh, please, please. Gettleman refused to allow Mike Francesa to come to training camp and get access to everybody. Is that not accurate? That is a thousand percent accurate. And look what's happening. Okay. I'm just saying, what that's like a one big happy family, right? You're not just skipping right by what I just said. You're not just going to shrug that off as that. It's a sports pope. I, okay. <laughs> sure, sure. I'll give that to you. Thank you. So it's Gettleman's fault. No, Gettleman, listen, Gettleman. I rested my case just a few minutes Gettleman, ago. just like Tom Coughlin, loves Eli Manning to a fault. Okay. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he named somebody or something after Eli Manning. Like he, he has a ton of respect for him. That's why it's hard 
to cut the cord at the right time. Because you want to hang on. Like that's why I think partly why Bill Belichick and the Patriots have been so successful. They are willing to cut the cord whenever, when it emotionally would be very difficult. If you remember, they had a great, great strong safety in Lawyer Malloy, leader, captain. They cut him right before, like final cut before a game. It shook the team. They lo- they went up to Buffalo and lost thirty-one to nothing. The Patriots lost to Buffalo 31 to nothing. By the way, Bills are undefeated right now. Could be the best team to ever step on a field in the NFL. But it shook the team. <laughs> but that's how he runs the team. Like, he never, he never lets you, like, sneak a, sneak a year out of, like, lack of pro- productivity. Like, he almost gets you early. Yeah. You know, uh, the Giants yeah. have basically done the opposite. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, this is Eli. You know, he's meant so much. It's not like... It's not a what have you done for me lately thing. Belichick would have been like, oh. We I that. actually think Eli Manning could play really good football, though, with, with a veteran team, with a good defense, with a strong running game, good pass protection. That's just not what the Giants have been doing. They've, the Giants have been just in this remodel. That, that, that's why it's just really not a great fit. Well, hopefully Eli does his thing. Um, Tom Coughlin, if he ends up with – by the way, if Eli has one year that's like a celebration run – down in Jacksonville, that'd be kind of cool, especially if they do good. It's kind of like what you did with the Colts. I think they missed the window, though. The Jacks, the Jags were. Really oh, you say he can't play anymore? Use use goods. I don't see. I just you know, I don't know. I, listen, for me, I entered the league as a backup. I think it was re- it was really hard for me to go from being a starter for ten years in Seattle, then in Tennessee, and then just sort of swallow my pride and go back up. Oh, and that never up. really gets talked about. But I think because, and it was hard, but because I was a backup for the first three and a half years of my career, like I understood the value of it, and I really understood that there were older guys that I played with, the guys we mentioned, or even Jeff George, or Mark Rippon, or Trent Dilfer, like there were all these guys that I played with that poured into me and helped me in my career, and when I was, you know, kind of had the the chance to sign somewhere else to go maybe start for a bad team or go to a, maybe a Super Bowl contender and back up a great talent, Andrew Luck in this case. I was like, you know what? I'm going to pay it back what was paid to me. Okay. But it was hard to swallow your pride as a starter, a longtime starter, to go be a backup. I, I, I can't see someone who was the first pick overall, like Eli Manning, that even ever entering his mind to go be a backup. It is hard. It is a hard that you you got to really oh, you're love the guy you're being the backup to, and love the team you're on. You know, it's that's a thing. So, uh, you know, when that happened to you, who did you have a conversation with yourself, or were you like, did you talk to your wife? You talked to your brother? You talked to anybody that was like, hey, this is a real life moment here. This is the moment where I have to look in the mirror and say, hey, okay, are are my days as a starter done? Or do I go help a guy like did that? So my second year in uh, Tennessee, they had drafted Jake Locker, the eighth pick overall. I had decided to go there out of the NFL lockout. And it was really the first time that I had really been placed in that kind of a situation. And the second year, they were like, hey, you know what? Jake's ready. He's going to be the starter. And so it was Jake Locker and another guy, uh, another backup quarterback about his age. So here you got me, the old guy, I'm older than 35, and then these two young guys. I loved it. Like, I loved those guys. I loved working with them. I loved pouring back into them, helping them. They, they made me younger. I felt younger. And so after that year, it was like, yeah, you know what? Andrew Luck, I don't know Andrew Luck, but I've seen what I see out of this guy. He's tough. He's a fierce competitor. I respect him. 
yeah, whatever, I'll give it a run. And I, I had actually said no to the Colts twice. They had offered me to like, hey, come here, be Andrew Lux backup. I'm like, ah, oh, appreciate it, but not interested. You know, because I, I wasn't there, like mentally. I was like, no, 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 I, I'm not a backup. I'm a starter. I'm going to go do that. Excuse me. I worked my ass off here. I make all of the plays and all of the money. But and there's a lot to be said for being in a great organization that understands how to win, that expects to play at a championship yeah. level. And not every NFL team is that way. And as a player, it can get incredibly frustrating. And you see guys saying, hey, I want out of town. It's not that like you're a selfish person all the time. It's just that you as a player get to play a very small mm -hmm. number of years and you don't want to waste years while somebody else is like, well, we're just gonna, you don't want to do that. You, yep. you want to, you're in it to win it. Like you're, hey, you're putting your body on the line. I'm in it to win it. Started from the bottom. Now you're here. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. How do you feel um, about Lux retirement? I'm sure you've had to talk about this 4,000 times. Sports Center, by the way, when you go on there, they expect you to answer things in 21 seconds. And <laughs> they tell you not to talk anymore than that. I mean, I'm trying to find Wi-Fi in my house. I have no Wi-Fi in my house. I'm trying to find Wi-Fi. I, I, I click in. I connect. I do it. I think I do good. Then I get an email. It's like, hey, take it easy. When you're giving your answers, we need them to be pretty precise. Not I'm a like, podcast. I'm like, well, what do you want me to say about Andrew Luck? This is a lot to dissect here. There's a lot going on, and that's not something I'm great at. There are people that are incredible at it, but I'm sure you've got a chance to talk about it a lot. What do you feel? How I know. We share a booth. There's three of us to talk in between these plays, and we got, like, Dana Holgerson going speedy tempo here, Mike Leach style. Hey, tempo matters, bro. Yeah. Tempo, tempo, tempo. Question about Andrew Luck. Um... You know, it's disappointing because he had so much potential. By the way, if we want to talk about tempo, like this isn't sports. We can talk about tempo before we get to the Andrew Luck thing. Okay, all right. Well, I just Hey, why do you feel about Andrew Luck? Just a quick answer. I it's, uh, <laughs> a quick, a, well, honestly, um, he's in a good spot right now. Like he's in a good spot. He, he thinks he's done playing football forever. I think he's done playing football too forever. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that. I don't. I don't think he's done. I just know what I felt like at 40 years old, retiring. Like, it was a hard season. I got banged up, beat up. It was just, it was tough. I had no, like, it was like, I can't do this again. I really don't think I can do this. At 41, yeah, I could maybe do this. At 42, like, you, you feel healthier. Like, having 12 months off, you get mentally recharged, obviously physically recharged, I'm just saying I wouldn't count it out. He is such a freak athlete and such a talent, and there's such a dearth of quarterbacks out there. Whoa, what that was that word? There's a small amount of quarterbacks out there. No, that can go. <laughs> dearth? Yeah, it's like a paucity. You'll be using that tomorrow. Yeah, that's making the air. Dearth? <laughs> so anyway. What, what does dearth mean? It's like a small amount. Oh, my God. I, I can't I, wait to say somebody picked up a dearth yardage. <laughs> 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 I'm surprised you didn't know. It's an SAT word, probably. Uh, I doubt it. I wouldn't know it. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I don't have any inside knowledge on that. It's just sort of a, a gut feel based on how I felt at age 42. I'm sure at age 30, in, in a you know more of a freak athlete, he'll be fine. That's my guess. That's how everybody everybody wanted me to answer about Vinatieri's thing. Mm. And I talked. That to guy him. that went out of control like a wildfire. One tweet, Stephen Holder tweet. That's why I went. He said, uh, I just saw Vinny. He was walking out. I asked him, uh, 
Uh, if we can talk to him, he says he's leaving. He'll talk to you tomorrow. I said, well, you're, you guys have an off day tomorrow. And then Vinny said, you'll see me. And then he just sent that out there. And I don't even know if Stephen Holder meant to do this or not. But, boy, he knew there was a firestorm that came. Like, oh, Vinatieri's retiring tomorrow. Vinatieri's retiring tomorrow. And I don't even think Vinatieri knew this conversation was happening on a mm. plane. Right? In case yeah. he was on a plane, he has Android. He didn't have Wi-Fi. No, he has an Android. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, so I don't he's even, got an Android. Yeah, he's a green texter. So oh, I'm not the sure. green text. I'm not sure he even knew any of this was happening. So when he landed, it was just like ding, 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 ding on his phone. Oh, my god. So gosh. then when I talked to him. Oh, that's unbelievable. And when I talked to him, he was miserable, you know? Like he yeah. was obviously yeah. miserable. Yeah. But I didn't want to well, ask him. Because he's a perfectionist. Most competitive human I've yep. ever been around in my mm -hmm. life. He, that, that's why he's been in for so long. That's why he will go on to do well because of the way everybody's been talking about him these last two weeks. Yeah. He is going to go on and do well strictly out of spite against everybody, I think, because of how competitive he is. But I didn't want to ask him his answer because I didn't want to jeopardize our relationship with each other. Yeah, I like, get that. I didn't want to ask him what he was doing because so, if it did get out, I didn't want him to think that I was anywhere mm -hmm. near the person. I would, I. I value our friendship a lot more than I do potentially getting a leak on Adam Vinatieri retiring. Which can't say take a leak, by the way. Can't, can, can I get a leak on it? information? I think, I, so. I think that works. Context. I mean, FCC needs to figure it the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I didn't even ask him that. But everybody wanted, like I was getting people in my DMs from ESPN, Fox. You're talking everywhere. They're like, have you talked to Adam? Have you talked to Adam? Have you talked to Adam? And I didn't answer anybody, but I wanted to respond and be like, yeah, I have, but what do you, you want me to just tell you what he's, like, is that something that you felt pressure doing, especially with the Andrew news? Because you're friends with him. Your name was mentioned yeah. in the press conference. Everybody wanted to talk to Matt Hasselbeck. He was, his name wasn't mentioned. You weren't mentioned. Hmm. Adam Vinatieri's on. Can I tell you a funny story? <laughs> Did I already tell you my story about Josh McCown? No. No. You, well, you talked about a story about him beating yeah, somebody. Yeah, so we're you. watching Andrew Luck retirement breaks, okay? And, uh... <laughs> And, and he's going through the list of people he's thanking. He's thanking all these quarterbacks. And he, like, goes through a bunch of guys and, like, doesn't mention me. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. You know, whatever. I, and, and then he mentions me and says something very, very yeah, nice. Yeah, pretty big. You heartfelt. got, like, a, a solo at the end. But uh, I get a text from Josh McCown. Great guy, okay? Get a text. He's like, hey, man, I just, like, a heartfelt text for, from Josh. He's like, and this is so Josh. Like, he's a thoughtful person. This is why he's going to be amazing for Carson Wentz this year. Uh, obviously, no, no surprise there. He sends me this great text. He's like, hey, man, like, uh, just got to say it's really cool. I almost teared up, you know, listening to what Andrew said about you and what you meant to him. True. And I wrote back, I go, well, that's funny because I almost teared up when I thought he forgot about me. <laughs> 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 I always I always hope to be a name in one of those speeches. Like, if Vinny retires and I don't get a mention, boy, that's going to be a rough day for well, me. Well, Jerry Rice, I used to tell my teammates, uh, Jerry Rice, I was one of the first people that Jerry Rice thanked in his Hall of Fame speech. We were teammates in Seattle. He gets traded from the Oakland Raiders to Seattle. He asks Steve Largent if he can wear the number. And I say to people all the time, I'm like, uh, said to my teammates all the time back then, I'm like, oh, well, you, you know, it's been a, meant a lot to me when Jerry Rice thanked, thanked me in his Hall of Fame speech. I'm like, really? I, I missed it. You know, what did he say? And he's like, well, I just want to thank all my teammates. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. It was like you watching the movie. Did that he, was me. Yeah, he thanked me there. Uh, just like that stadium at Boston just College. Just like that stadium. So, I don't know if you guys know, the stadium at Boston College was named after me uh, the day I graduated. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's big. So I told the wide receiver group that in Tennessee because I come in, True. you know, out of the lockouts, come in from Seattle, new guy, new quarterback. These qu these receivers are like, all right, who's this, you know, old, bald, white dude coming in as our quarterback? And then I dropped that on him. 
you know, the stadium was named after me. The day I graduated at Boston College, and it was like, hmm, okay. Like, this got a little, dude must be the truth. Got a little street cred, you know. It was like, all right, you you might be legit. So there you go, and it's true. It's Boston College alumni stadium. Alumni stadium. <laughs> I'd like to know who the. There's my dad joke. Who were the receivers in Tennessee that didn't you, know? You dropped a couple in the league for a while. Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt was our go-to guy. He was getting the ball fed to him a lot back. Something happened. What? He speed or something? Kenny Britt, uh, I, I might screw this up. Great guy, kind of mis- misunderstood. He had been like arrested several times, but never actually in- got in for trouble. For speeding, right? Yeah, There's but some... like he got arrested for like not doing anything bad. Yeah, he like, like got arrested for like talking back. Yeah, you know, like that kind of stuff. But like awesome guy, great smile, infectious personality, great talent. Like I went in there thinking like, oh, who's this guy? I've heard about this Kenny Britt guy. I get in there, he's like the nicest, greatest guy ever. Another guy, Randy Moss, had just been there after the Minnesota uh, incident where I forget what happened. Maybe it was straight cash homie or whatever. He ends hey, up. Moon, the guy, yeah. He 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 ends up in Tennessee, and then has a falling out with them over like catering or food or something. That's awesome. I had kind of had this image in my head of like what Randy Moss was, how he was portrayed in the media. I get to Tennessee right after him, and uh, I'm like, oh yeah, what was that Randy Moss like? And it was like everybody in the building couldn't have said better things about him. Oh, awesome guy, really smart football IQ, like really amazing. Everybody loved him. It just was so funny because the media had portrayed everybody a certain way. Do you feel obligated as a member of the media now to portray things in an accurate way? Because there's a lot of people before social media who their story was only told by a select group of people that got a chance to either write or get on camera. Yeah. Do you feel as if that is something that the media is getting more accurate now, people's stories, or do you think they're still trying to hang on and paint images, but social media is right? Yeah, I think there's definitely been more power put in the hands of the athlete mm-hmm. now that you have you know, the ability to post like your side of the story. I think for me, like I even came to Indy to be your teammate, and uh, that's not the only reason I came there, but I, I was hey, in Indy. Happy you came <laughs> to be my teammate, bub. Welcome I had, to my heard all, I had heard all about this canal incident, you know, you in the canal. Yeah, and you getting arrested, and I saw the mugshot with oh, the, yeah. you know, twisted sister hairdo and all that stuff. You Easy. know, I, whatever yeah. it is. But then I heard your story in Pat McAfee Uncaged. I heard your version of the story. That's real one. And it was like, <laughs> oh well, because when I read the police report, I read it this way. Yeah. And when I Google you, I read it this way. But then when I hear your version of the story, it's like it's the same story. But you're putting the emphasis on a different syllable, uh-huh. and it's a totally different story. Yeah, it's real. Because what you read on, like, anytime I talk, normally, if you just take my words verbatim, they probably mean a lot different than if you listen to me say the things. So I always say that if they put it on paper, I, I, if they were to write my words out, there is nothing you could say about me. Well, my delivery, I can really insinuate some things, right? Like I'll compliment somebody to the death of me. But if you were to listen to the way I was saying it, everybody in the room knows that I'm burying that person. <laughs> but if they put it on paper, it's like, okay, this is what he said, right? He said, boom, 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 boom. But if you were to listen to it, it's like, oh, 
that pride in me. Same thing with the police report for me. Same thing with Jay Cutler, I think. Like, Jay Cutler and the media had a terrible relationship. I think he wasn't as open as they had liked or something like that. So they chose to show him pouting on the sideline. They chose to show his bad moments when yeah. it happens to everybody. I think Twitter was a thing, too. You remember that playoff game where he tore his MCL, yeah. I think, yeah. against yeah. Green Bay? And he yep. was just, oh, he's so comfortable on the sideline. Well, doesn't right. want to play. So, like, Twitter takes off. Everyone's speculating. You get other athletes. Well, I had an MCL once. You know, I did this. It's unfair to the player. And as the player, you have no idea that it's going on. You mentioned Vinatieri having no idea. Jay Cutler, you know, to you know, to defend him a little bit, he probably came out after that game thinking, like, what on earth just happened? And I think he went to dinner that night with his wife and maybe a couple other couples, which was, like, planned in advance. Like, you're allowed to go to dinner. You're allowed to eat No, you're not. Not when you lose a football game, Matt. <laughs> but then Twitter, again, was just crushing him about, oh, how dare he go to a nice restaurant? And he didn't even have crutches. Like, if you, I don't know, like, if you've ever torn your MCL, like, you don't necessarily need crutches. To, but like, you can't necessarily can't play professional yeah. quarterback. Right. So, like, it's just, it's a little bit unfair. But had Jake sort of, like, use social media the way players today use social media. I love that know. Tom Brady utilizes social media. He's done a great job. That, he came out of nowhere yep. and has done a great job. Because that takes every coach that says, oh, I, I don't like social media, it distracts my players. Well, uh, the greatest player of all time does it. So <laughs> do, you have, do you have anything? Is there anything else you'd like to say, sir? Well, I don't want you guys to jump, uh, go cliff jumping in Costa Rica. Well, Tom uh, Brady does it. Tom like, Brady actually uh, uh, dragged his daughter <laughs> off a cliff. Well, uh, then it's okay. It is true. He's a trendsetter. He is. I remember, like, there was a time when, uh, like, only women wore Lululemon. Like, really. Like, it wasn't like a lot of guys wearing Lululemon. I think we're still in that time. No. <laughs> I think we're pretty no. firmly. But listen, I remember it was like still. 2010, maybe? 2009? That's almost a decade. Brady ago. starts rocking Lululemon, Ugg slippers. No, the Uggs are all real. All of a sudden, drinking smart water. Now, all of a sudden, like, quarterbacks around the league, they're wearing Ugg boots with, like, the fur hanging out. They're in I still Lululemon. Think he was the only one doing the Ugg thing. No, I'm all in on the Uggs. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of your house? I've yeah. never worn a pair of Uggs outside of my house. That but is you a can. Like, Brady did it. So I thought about wearing now. my slippers on a plane this morning. I thought about wearing my, my Ugg slippers on a plane. I'm just saying, once Tom broke the seal for us, he kind of broke the ice, it's all good. It's a thing now. I like it. I like what Tom Brady uh, does off the field. Boy, people hate him, though. Oh, people hate Tom Brady. It's oh, just, my you, God. That's what happens when you're at the top, you know? Everybody wants to see you fall off you. that mountain, Matt. Everybody wants to see he you He's gotten off better looking. As he's gone, uh, if you look at his rookie season oh, yeah. to now, like he's oh, yeah. the really one of the most handsome people on the planet. Right yeah, now. Kurt Warner, same thing. I told Kurt Warner that in an interview the other day. I said, "You look like bag bones whenever you're playing football. <laughs> now you're, uh, now you're. <laughs> you look great. And you, know, you look great." He said he tries that. It. it works. I didn't really think hard. he looked bad. It, you know, his jersey was never fitted. He no. had like big sleeves. Kind of looked like he got his jersey from like the pro shop. And I think he, he even said that was an accurate statement. He said he did get it from the pro shop. But I think, like, some quarterbacks <laughs> like that loose fit so they can just, you know, like Sam, Sam, Sam Bradford. Bradford. Like Sam Bradford. Those sleeves day. are. What did you yeah. You had it tight. Yeah, I was, but I was a little bit, I was vain. Like, I was just, I didn't want it. Wanted, I cared more about the look than what it, you know, anything You know else. what I learned from Vinatieri? But golfers are like that. They got baggy sleeves. Yeah. Like I learned that. with Vinatieri whenever he said he's battling demons right now. He said he's got to get some demons out in between his ears or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's the, he's the greatest of all time. Yeah. If you're a younger kicker or punter who is potentially battling a little negativity inside your head, 
like you should know that that even happens to the greatest of all time. I think it was a good thing. Yeah. You talking about you were so vain, so you used that thing, or it was hard for you to go back down and be a backup. A backup. Like I think that's a really good thing that people hear. They never get to hear shit like that. You know what I mean? Like nobody knew that the greatest of all time. Vinny, everybody thought Vinny was a steel trap, me included. I thought Vinny was this this um, marksman. I always had him. I always held him up in this such high regard when it came to kicking footballs because he's the greatest of all time for so long. So to hear almost like a human side of him, I'm like, whew, I had those too, man. I'm happy I'm not the only one because I would never tell Vinny like. You know, Vinny, like right now I'm thinking I'm about to hit a shit ball out there for whatever reason because yeah. I always thought I would embarrass myself to Vinatieri, who's the greatest of all time. I think Vinny would look at me and be like, why you do that? It like humanized him almost. I like him even more now after this whole situation. Well, there's some people that just in a, they're in a pressure situation where they can't screw it up, whether, you know, like people get in slumps all the time in sports. Like a kicker, you just can't. Can't. Like you get in a slump, you're gone. They find someone to replace you. It's no different out in the real world. There's people that like, you know, they can have an off week. Some people are in a sales job. Like, they, they, they can't have an off week. Surgeons can't have an off day. Right. Or you're a single parent, and, like, you're barely struggling to make ends meet. And, like, you know what? I got to nail this. Like, I got to do it all. Yeah. And, like, people are counting on me. And it's it's tough. It happens. I mean, guys are human. I mean, who was the guy, the second baseman for the uh, New York Yankees? Chuck, Chuck Knobloch. Chuck Knobloch. He kind of, like, got through a stretch where he couldn't throw from second to first. Like, people are human. Like, it's a... You hit, you hit these ups and downs, these seasons of highs, seasons of lows. But uh, I think for me, well, just about Adam, like he'll get back to what fundamentals and technique and he'll get it fixed, you know, assuming he's healthy and whatnot. But like for a quarterback, probably the same for a punter. You just got to like have a short term goal. You know what I mean? Like get a short focus. Like you don't have to like see the whole bit. Like maybe it's like one day at a time. You know, like we're talking all these college coaches, all these college coaches, these great programs. They say, hey, our goal this season is to go 1-0 and this week. You know, just that's Frank how, Reich. That's, that's how Frank Reich's get, entire yeah, motto for the Let's get 1% better today. Yeah. And it's those, it's those, I think, I don't know if you call them like leadership lessons, but like how do you pull yourself up out of a funk? Like how do you do that? That's, that's one of the ways that I think, I know it helped me. I, th- I think a lot of people do that. You know what I focused on when I was in the league and it really helped me? Whatever was next. I was focused on whatever was next right now, and then, okay, what do I have next? So, like, for instance, I went into Bob and Tom on Tuesdays, and there was plenty of weeks where I would go in there on Tuesdays or day off, and I had no idea who we were playing on Sunday. I had no clue at all. But I knew 7 a.m. on Wednesday I had to be back in the building for a meeting, and I knew if I did that meeting good, paid attention, and maybe helped my teammates, our team will get better. Then I knew I had a lift. Then I knew I had cornhole for about four hours. <laughs> then I knew That is an NFL locker room. <laughs> For a punter. And then I, knew, for four hours. then I knew I had practice, and I was like, okay, if at practice I get better, it'll all pay off. And then I didn't even think about the game until Saturday night after snack where there was nothing until the game. And that's that short-term focus. I think that's 100% accurate. Triple H, who goes from being an international businessman to being a professional wrestler to being a mentor to being a husband to being a dad, all in a span of 24 hours, while traveling the globe, he said all he tries to do is be present, right? Whatever he's at right now, he's just trying to be all in. He said if he's with his family, he's all in with his family. If he's in business, he's all in with his, phys- uh, with his business. And it all revolves around Chuck saying, be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. It is such an accurate thing. And then he obviously followed up with, well, I take my daughter to horse back riding lessons. And sometimes my feet aren't in things I'd like to be bad. <laughs> and he's talking about horse shit. <laughs> but what I was talking about is yeah. a bigger sense. You. All those cliches make sense. Yeah. Cliches are a cliche for a reason. Don't worry about tomorrow. 
tomorrow will worry about itself. Uh, keep the main thing the main thing, bro. There you go. Dawn is always the brightest after the darkest dawn. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you want to give that one another shot? The sun is always the brightest after the darkest dawn. There it is. There it is, Diggs. <laughs> you guys were just rattling off so many great ones that I just that one just popped in real quick. You kind of stumbled over a little yeah, bit. That's, fine. No big deal. that's what I'm here for. Um, all right, I think that's it. It's been pretty good. We've we been here for like 40 minutes. Yeah, for sure. At least show's over. I think the uh, air conditioner unit you're renting might have the rental might have ended. <laughs> Matt, it's gone. You have no idea about this box truck air conditioning. Tim McAfee poured his soul into this place. Even had an air conditioning put in. But when you are battling Mother Nature in New Orleans with the thickness, are you down? Are you 94 down? 94 and humid. With the thickness. Right and upstairs. when we were in Winston-Salem, it was thick down there. This air conditioner has been put to the test, put to the limit. And uh, this is much cooler than it was last week. There's 124 is. in that thing last week. And you put on that XFL hoodie. What is that all about? What's going on? <laughs> Let's get to the bottom of that. Why, why'd XFL, you XFL, Charlie Batch's quarterback coach in Detroit that year was Jim Zorn, who was my quarterback coach in Seattle. He is now the new head coach of the XFL Dragons. I don't know. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. Yeah, but it was 124 degrees in here, and you yep. put on a hoodie. Just starting to he try, did it again this time when he came in, Trying to show a little love to XFL. You're a three-quarter you know? zip guy. I'm, I'm making weight like a wrestler, dude. I'm trying to, I've been eating with this guy. This dude eats 35 ounces of meat on the road. I do eat too much. I, I'm hey, really... by the way, not to get ahead, like all that one and O talk and be where your feet are, but next week, kind of excited for our Thursday night game next week. Yeah, of course. Me too. Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, we're dying walking on Beale Street. Memphis. Memphis has a great coach. Why can't I root for Memphis? Navy. They're playing the Naval Academy. Oh, my God. American You heroes? just rooted against America. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't yes, know they were playing. Kind of did. I, I didn't know they were playing. I, I just well, said I, I don't root it against America. No, I, I, I said I don't look forward. I look to right now. I'm in a podcast. I don't even know. Who. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, dump Can't that. root against America. Ty, dump that. Ty, dump it. Anyways, show's over. <laughs> Please. Walking in Memphis. <laughs> think JT will beat the game? Who that? JT. Justin uh, Timberlake. I think so. I think Justin Timberlake will be there for TNF on ESPN. All the stars come out Thursday Night Football on ESPN. Lindsay Lohan was there last last week. Pretty big name. Freaky Friday. I don't, I, what happened in that group text? Friday the 13th. I, I, there was a group text with everybody in it from ESPN, and I, I can't always keep up with it because I'm in the middle of something, but I'll look down at my phone and be like, okay, 75 text messages in this group. So I, I scroll back through it, and it's just gifts of Lindsay Lohan. And I'm like, how the fuck do we get here? It was a here? Freaky Friday, Friday the 13th. It was a full moon. It was like a whole promo. Lindsay thing. Lohan is... The movie. Oh. Freaky Friday. I watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Disney movie. Don't worry about it. My first Disney movie? What was my first Disney Remember movie? Remember the Titans. Moana? That's a Disney movie? Yeah, yeah. probably probably was Moana. Great movie. Uh, I, Moana also. I like Moana. What was your first Disney movie? I think it was Remember the Titans. Is that the is Remember the Titans a Disney movie? Yes. yes of course it is. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hey. Of course <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. All the classics. You're yeah. talking about all the classics, yeah. I think. I, I never seen any movie. of the classics. I saw Aladdin, a new one with Will Smith. Banger. Absolute banger. Can't believe I don't have a pet named Abu yet. Can't wait. Going to make that happen. I'm a big Disney guy all of a sudden. I work for Disney. No big deal. Yeah, make true. Mickey Mouse. Mickey. 
Sometimes Mickey Mouse does some things that make me want to smack him right in the mouth. <laughs> Dump it. Dump it, you can't have it. Dump it. <laughs> Did you hear the Stooge of the Week yesterday on the live show? I didn't. It's a new segment with uh, Ty flying. Schmidt. I was flying. It's Stooge of the Week. You want to go through it again? Who is uh, this week's Stooge of the Week? It was Aaron Carter, and uh, actually there's been some breaking news on that. Nick Carter has filed for a restraining order from him. So, so I, he I, definitely is a stooge and a sellout. <laughs> That's a guy named Mark Madden. He's a radio show host in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Ty Schmidt's just been watching his YouTube uh, and videos of him basically for the last three days. And uh, he might be his new favorite character. Is that accurate? Yeah, I love him. He tells it how it is. He's rarely ever wrong. <laughs> Genius IQ. What's there not to love? He's, uh, he's a, uh, a hot take taker in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. who they give... Four hours to? Three hours. Three, Three hours to on a music station, prime time. They shut off the music, the X, 105.90 X. They shut off the music and just let one man in a microphone in Pittsburgh for three hours, and he just goes. What actually, station did you listen to growing up in Pittsburgh? Uh, DVE I listened to as a kid with my old man because they had a morning show on. Josh Miller actually was on that show every once in a while. Is that his name? Yeah. Hilarious punter. Hilarious. Hilarious punter. Lefty for the Steelers. I listened to 102.5. I listened to the B or oh, B93. B94. B94. That was like pop. Then there was Whammo. Then there was Whammo if we really wanted to get with it. 106.7. 106.7 Whammo. And then 105.9 The X is where you can find Mark Madden, who is an absolute genius, and he hates stooges and sellouts. <laughs> and now our great friends at 96.1. Love Kiss. Freak. That's in high school. I listened to this show called The Freak Show with Mikey and Big Bob. They were a morning show every single morning. They did a hot mom check-in. They did all these little, like, segments for radio. I mean, as high schoolers, it was, like, a hilarious thing. thing. They're still on the air right mm-hmm. now, and they're big fans of mine. It's, like, a really cool moment. I, toot, toot. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that are just massive fans of mine. Toot, I, toot. Everywhere I go, I just run into these big-ass fans. Toot, you know? toot. There's a explosion every Thursday. Every Thursday. <laughs> all right, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> One more. Toot, toot. Ah, see? In the booth. I, I will. I will do it every time. Hey, when the two lane train comes rolling into town, <laughs> University of Houston needs to get out of the way, get off the tracks. <laughs> I'll tell you what, they, they only picked up a dearth of yardage there, but <laughs> if they picked up any more, that means that two lane train was going to really get rolling. And that is the last thing that Dana Holgerson wants because whenever you hear that, that's all of New Orleans rallying behind you. It's like Mardi Gras about to run a gangbang on your team. I can't say that on the, in the booth. Happy we got that out now. Um, all right. Ty Schmidt, hit the music. Before Ty Schmidt hits the music and sends us all on our way here into an incredible Thursday Night Football on ESPN, Matt Hasselbeck has something he'd like to say. Yeah, am I going to do a read here? Yep, I think so. Okay, it, is that all right with you? Yeah, I'll try this. Hey, guys. Hey, 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 Matt. Take hey, your, Matt. Take your summer. To a whole other level. Oh, it's and, almost over, though. Summer's and almost upgrade o- your life with the new seasonal Box of Awesome. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I heard about this. Box of Awesome collections from Bespoke Post. Nailed it! Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every single month. I, that's what I like about them. Not just one month, every single month. Every month. So whether you're looking to rule the pool. Oh, or lounge in style oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. with something tropical in hand. Zito. Box of Awesome has you covered. That's awesome. 
From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. Now we're talking. I mean, this is what we were talking about earlier, but now we're really talking. So right now is when you could mention any of the cool summer Box of Awesome collections that look cool to you. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what they did for us. They sent us this bag of stuff, and the travel bag is worth the, the whole thing itself. But what they do is they put so much stuff in there, you're like, oh, my God, that's awesome. I would have never got that stuff. Yeah. So to get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Mm-hmm. Everyone here should be able to spell boxofawesome.com. See? Everyone's looking at me. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's but <laughing> your, <laughs> based on your answers, it'll help them pick the right box of awesome for you. Oh. Like not everybody's would be the same. Yeah, I mean, to each their own. Exactly. Box so awesome. they release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up. So basically, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Try? Why wouldn't you? And you can skip a month or cancel any time. Why wouldn't you do this? Each box costs only $45 US. That's it. However, has over $70 worth of gear inside. Do the math. Quick math, Zito. How much of a deal are we already getting before we (laughs) open anything up? Uh, I didn't hear the math problem. I'm going to guess 45. 70 minus 45. What is that? 35. 30. Nailed it. Bam. So here's the call to action. There There you go. Listen up. That's what we're looking for. This is what, if you... Didn't listen to anything. Listen to this. <laughs> Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com. Wow. Wow. And enter the code HEARTLAND at checkout. You're telling me I'm getting $70 worth of stuff for 36 bucks on that first first month of box exactly. of awesome? Exactly. Wow. And that's boxofawesome.com. Code is Heartland, one word, obviously, for how much off your first box? $30. No, no, 20%. Oh, <laughs> 20% off your first box. <laughs> Bespoke Post. There you go. Uh, we Big thanks to Bespoke Post. Big thanks to Matt Hasselbeck. Thank you so much for listening. Hashtag TNF on ESPN. If you have any questions for Matt or I, all day we'll be bouncing in and off the Twitter. We're live at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard, 9 a.m. Central Time, where we're at right now tomorrow. Uh, hashtag Pat McAfee Show live if you want your question answered during the, the show. For myself, Diggs, Hasselbeck. Hey, thanks, man. You were an incredible conversation. Oh, thanks, guys. It was fun. Good hey, stuff. you were. Hey. Hey. Good stuff. You were a good convo, man. Good stuff. Uh, Joey, thank you for what you're going to do for me in the booth tomorrow. <laughs> Zito, Ty, Foxy, and everybody else that works for PMI, we can't thank you enough. You're the best. Ty Schmidt, hit the music. Hey!